the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, open line Friday. Good to be with you. The number is 888-528-2557. On Fridays, you can call with anything that's on your mind, 888-528-2557. You can talk about something in the news. Maybe you didn't get through on a topic we had earlier this week and you want to bring it back up. That's fine. Change the subject. Bible question, question about faith, whatever is on your mind. That is today, 888-528-2557. Uh, a couple of people have been holding on for a while, so I want to get to those calls here. Uh, Mary in the Valley, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. This is Pastor Scott. Yes, hi, Mary. How are you? Hi, hello. Um, first, I have two things to say. Um, one is the rainbow was given to Noah as a sign by God. That's right. And... I think it should be used as a sign from God, not, well, that's my opinion. Anyway, I fell and broke my hip, my right hip, when I was 69. Wow, so that was a while ago Um, then. Yeah, I'm 72 now. Oh, so not too long Um, ago, so three years ago. Right. So how are you doing? Oh, I, I fell and broke my left hip. As soon as I got home. Oh, no. (laughs) That also is common. Uh, Yeah, it happened, and it happened to me. But uh, I think when your body shuts down, when you think there's no more life, it's God's way of saying, it's time to come home. Yeah, it is. But, you know, when, uh, when your body doesn't do that, And if you're just joining us, we were talking about last hour about Biden's fall. He fell down yesterday pretty hard. And with with the notion that if he fell and he broke his hip, there's that very likely ends his presidency. That's how close that moment really is when you get into the statistics. But not always, like in your case. So three years you've gone, you're doing fine. I'm doing fine. And that must mean God has something for you to do. You know what? That's what my grandson said. Yeah. And... And I believe him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, maybe this is God's way of telling Biden, no, you should not run again. Uh, uh, that's my opinion. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's an interesting thing. We're going to have to wait and see. Mary, I'm so glad that you're doing okay. And uh, Thank you. you know what? You've got, How many grandkids do you have? Oh, gosh. I have got two granddaughters, 15 and nine. Uh, two more, oh my gosh, four, five, six, and two 
step-granddaughter. <laughs> yeah, so you've got a bunch. Well, you know what? Right there, there's you know, there's a lot of reason why God is keeping you in the picture, even if it's just to pray for every one of them, and they need your prayers. They sure do. I yeah. pray every night and every day. Yep, you keep doing that, and uh, you just be a bright light reflecting the love of Jesus in their life. It'll make an impact. It will. I, I pray it does. I might not live to see that impact, but I know it will. You know, that's, uh, thank you very much, Mary, for your call, and God bless you. That's that's one of the things God that... God bless you, too. That is one of the things about faith, is that, you know, Hebrews 11 talks about all those great people with faith who didn't live to see the culmination of what they were having faith for, but they still had faith, and that we all have to do that when we're thinking about that for whatever it is God has put us here to do, and part of that certainly is your grandkids. All right, open line Friday, 888 528-2557. We'll talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about. Shelly in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Go ahead, Shelly. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Pastor, I, I haven't uh, caught all your shows this week, but I don't know if you have addressed the issue about uh, the release of, of one of Manson's, uh, Charles Manson's uh, subjects. Yeah, one of the one of the old uh, Mancy, Manson family members, Leslie Van Houten, um, a court ruled that she should be paroled and released. Yeah, they're waiting for the governor to pass his opinion. I would like to know what are your feelings about it. <laughs> well, you know what, uh, the governor doesn't like it. Interestingly enough. Uh, uh, Governor Newsom. I take offense at our policies and strategies. So he is trying to not let her be released. She's in her 70s. She was 19 when she was part of uh, those terrible killings. You know, um, you know. I don't know that I have an opinion about it, but, uh, you know. Do, I, do you I, think that I don't, be, uh, they say that she has rehabilitated uh, quite a, uh, substantially? And uh, do you think that she would be a, a safe um, uh, uh, a person for our decaying community now? Yeah, that's one of the questions that people are going to ask. You know, um, what Governor Newsom said is, this is a quote, he said, given the extreme nature of the crime in which she was involved, I do not believe she has sufficiently demonstrated that she has come to terms with the totality of the factors that led her to participate in the vicious Manson family killings. Um, The courts don't agree with the governor, but, you know, it's an interesting thing. And Shelley, I appreciate your question, and I wouldn't worry about it. You know, uh, unless she's moving in next door, then I would maybe have some questions. But, uh, you know, I I wouldn't worry. It's not something you can control anyway. I think it raises, you know, an interesting question about justice, right? When is a murderer um, available for parole? Should it be ever? Um, You know, and those were pretty brutal killings, you know. Um, and that's uh, and you know we have a liberal governor who thinks she should stay in prison, uh, so I think that says something there. Shelley, uh, thank you so much for calling the Pastor Scott Show today. God bless you. Uh, I actually met. I need to. Re- I need to remember. I met Patty Hurst. Is that her name? Patty Hurst. Some of you are old enough to remember. One of the. I met her. She got involved in in some. I have to go back. With, I met her at Hurst Castle 
one time uh, after she got released from jail. And she was actually on the tour with us. It was crazy. I was a little kid. I didn't really get it. But uh, I got I to gotta get that story now that this is kind of in the news again. But, you know, when you're talking about justice, uh, it's about balancing the scales. And when you take the life of another person deliberately, when, you know, first degree murder, when you have done that, you know, what's justice? You took someone else's life. What is justice? You know, people who believe in the death penalty will say that's that's justice, life for life. Um, when you other people will say, well, they maybe I don't know about the death penalty, but they should be in prison for life. And that means life. And um, that that really is the question. You know, to me, even if she is totally safe now, even if she, you know, you, you can balance that in. There's other reasons for parole these days because the prisons are overcrowded and older people have more medical problems. Maybe she's sick and she's – a lot of people get let out right before they die because they're sick and it's just better uh, for different reasons. But the justice question is about is, you know, let's say she's fine and she's safe – should she is it justice to let her out and i will bet the family members uh will say no that's not justice that doesn't mean she can't go to heaven if she knows the lord and you know it doesn't mean that uh jesus didn't die for her sins but justice needs to be served that's that's what justice is and if it's not served you know when we're not arresting people now for breaking in the stores and violent crimes and other stuff it's not justice to the victims you know whatever the social reasoning is it's not justice uh, to let victims uh, go with their you know, perpetrators of those crimes not getting, uh, not getting imprisoned. That's why our society is breaking down in so many ways, because justice is required. Uh, why did Jesus have to die? Long theological question, but the answer is justice, cosmic justice. Uh, through one man's sin came into the world, and one person has to live a perfect life and pay the penalty for the sin of everybody who got sin because of that one man, and it's got to be terrible, Suffer, de- suffering and death and blood, and that's why Jesus had to die. It's justice. But also his resurrection is justice because he didn't have sin. And now, you know, this is part of the gospel. You get saved because you believe that your sin is paid for by Jesus on the cross. And when you accept that free gift of grace, you get, even though you're going to die one day, you get to come out of the grave like Jesus into everlasting life but only because you've accepted the payment for your sins that only Jesus could pay for. It's cosmic justice. It's how it works. Sometimes people say, well, why couldn't God just say, you know what? I love everybody, everybody up to the big house, and it's all good. He can't because it's not justice. Somebody has to die, and somebody perfect has to die, and only Jesus could be perfect. And that's how that plays out. 888-528-2557, open line Friday. Pastor Scott Show. Yesterday we talked about uh, paying extra money for getting on the freeways. We got some calls about that. Some people didn't get through. Ted in Los Angeles. I think you did get through yesterday, Ted, but welcome back to the Pastor Scott Show. Amen, Scott. Ted, City of the Angels. And uh, what I wanted, the answer that came to me was uh, a couple of years ago, there was a, a senior citizen attacked at Sprouts, where I live in uh, Chevy Hills, roughly area. And um, then the security. And uh, I believe I what I have observed is it's created so many jobs for African-Americans. I mean, and they're doing a fine job. They got security guards everywhere and, and everybody else, Latinos, whites. But uh, in our area, predominantly African-Americans. So it's created jobs 
And uh, I believe that on these uh, trains and buses, they need to have security guards. And this gets their feet wet. It gets them involved. It gets them to take care of their community and have a part of it. You mean it gets people uh, who live there to be more involved? Yes, yes. And it gives them the experience, uh, boots on the ground. And uh, and then they can start uh, feeling good about themselves well, and potentially become a police officer. And and I just think it's great. It's great for them. And not only that, look, I talked to a bus bus driver, African American, and he said he said they come on the bus, they smoke marijuana, they do all kinds of illegal stuff, and he can't do anything, and he has to have secondhand smoke. Now you need security on the buses. Now once there's security on these trains and buses, just like all the banks and everything. Yeah, there's a lot of money for all of that that's going to have to get allocated. You know, I think that is something. But if you're going to have, um, and I want to keep going to another call here, Ted. If you're if you're okay. going to have, thank you for your call. If you're going to have security, you know, it's a lot of money to pay all those people. I mentioned in Washington D.C., the subway system is great. There's a lot of cops, though. It's you feel safe, but there's police everywhere uh, in those subway systems. And that's the way it's designed. Of course, everybody takes the subway, so there's a lot of money coming in there. That's, I think, a piece to it here is are people really going to take it? Um, Are people really going to use public transportation? Is it convenient enough for them to use? Um, What do you think about that? 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show will take your call on anything. 888-528-2557. By the way, it's National Donut Day, and I am curious, for personal reasons, where's the best place to get donuts? L.A. or San Diego, in the Southland, where's the best donut place? 888-528-2557. Craig, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Craig, still there oh, with Craig. me, Craig? Yeah, great. I'm calling about the uh, freeway issue. I'm totally opposed to charging people extra money to for the drive time issue. I think it is discriminates against uh, different people who have to get to work using their car. Yeah. Um, so yesterday I, I, you had the, a report want, came out that they want to charge people for being on the freeway during rush hour. And we asked, we spent a lot of time talking about how does that really impact people, practically speaking? So you'd be against it because it impacts people, not only people who are poor, but people who need certain vehicles in order to get to work. I, w- I wanted to recommend a book called Gridlock that came out about this several years ago. A very smart professor did a lot of research on it. He found that actually putting in public transportation makes people poorer in the areas surrounding it, decreases home ownership, and the biggest uh, benefit we've had is gridlock because it causes people to actually move to other places and build and expand, uh, and that's caused gridlock causes that. So, in a way, the result of having gridlock is that areas expand and uh, uh, more people get wealthier because they have more home ownership. Maybe so. All right, Craig, thank you for your call. But, you know, that's, there's layers to this issue of, of public transportation, of trying to get people off the freeways. And, you know, we spoke about it yesterday. One of the things is, is that when you charge a fee for the freeways or for, you know, gas taxes, energy taxes, the people that impacts the most, though, are the people who are poor and they can't really afford it. Or lower middle class, you're barely making it. And now suddenly your gas prices went up a dollar because of taxation or something. For people who are more wealthy, it's an inconvenience. It's frustrating, you, but you, you're fine. It doesn't change your life. But these little fees, they radically change people's lives. And I think that's something that doesn't get discussed, and it needs to be discussed, all these things. And uh, there's, there's just so many layers. All right, 
800-242-2557, open line Friday. Uh, I, I promised you I'd tell you about this story about an AI thing. Now, they, apparently it's not necessarily true, AI, artificial intelligence. The story is that a drone was being piloted um, by artificial intelligence, and this was just it didn't happen in real life. It was a test. And the drone in this experiment turned on its operator. And the idea was the operator was telling the drone, do not carry out the bombing plan. But the drone in the AI decided that the goal of bombing the enemy was more important than obeying the operator's order. So the drone turned around and bombed the operator. And then the way the story goes is that the drone, um, then they they said, well, let's reprogram it and have it so it's not possible to come back and bomb the uh, operator of the drone. And then what the drone did was in order to carry out the mission that it thought was more important, it bombed the antenna so it couldn't get the order to cancel the mission. Uh, that is, that's what people are afraid of with the artificial intelligence. Human decisions are removed from strategic defense. Skynet begins to learn at a geometric rate. It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern Time, August 29th. In a panic, they try to pull the plug. Skynet fights back. Yes. See, we've already seen all this in the movies, and that's exactly what this is. Now, the Pentagon is coming out saying, no, no, that stuff was taken out of context. It was more of, a, of one of the things that is uh, concerning about AI with the drones. Like, it's an actual concern, but it didn't actually happen in a test. All right, that's fine. But it's an actual concern. You know, President Biden actually spoke about this. I met in the Oval Office, in my office with... 12 leading, no, excuse me, eight leading scientists in the area of AI. Some are very worried that AI can actually overtake human thinking and planning. So we got a lot to deal with. See, that's what uh, the president's referring to, is the idea that artificial intelligence will overtake human thinking with the military, which is the Terminator, right? It's Remember that game, that movie, War Games? Matthew Broderick and the computer, and they played a game, a global thermonuclear war, and the computer just kept on playing and wanted to start a war. It's weird, the world we live in. You know, don't be fearful, right? I mean, we got to talk about it, and uh, somebody will figure out how to unplug it, probably. It's hard for me to believe that actually the computers that are programmed by people can't be shut off. There's got to be an off switch, right? Right? I guess some people are wondering. Anyway, 888-528-2557 is the number. Ike, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Ike, you got a favorite donut place? Hey, Pastor Ike, good to talk to you. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I had to bust up people's burgers. I used to work in a donut shop uh, many years ago. And um, I'm telling you, if people really know what they're putting into their mouth, into their body, uh, they will throw up every time. Oh, wait a minute. Don't don't ruin National Donut Day for me, uh, Ike. You know, it's like my favorite day of the year, just about. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even know why they want to have a National Day for Donuts. Because <laughs> well, because they're nothing. they're yummy and scrumptious and wonderful. What is, what is it that's nothing. so bad about the donuts? Maybe we didn't want to eat your donuts. What were you putting in them in your place? There is absolutely nothing healthy in that donut. You're talking about a bunch of dough and sugar. That's all it contains, just dough and sugar. And you know what they do to the body. 
I'm I'm sorry, you know, I don't want to bust anybody's bubble, but yeah. you know, it's, it's something that we really need to stay away from. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, uh, you're right, you know, about that. And uh, unfortunately, I do know what it does to the body also, unfortunately, there, you know. But when you get a nice glazed donut and they uh, put some chocolate on top of it and it's still glazed, it's a wonderful thing. It's not as wonderful maybe a couple hours later because you got to take a nap. Yeah. You know, but uh, right. all right. So it's it's uh, a little bit of wisdom from Ike about National Donut Day. Uh, why did you get? Are you still in the business? Did you retire? I'm I'm re- I'm a retired teacher, and you know, funny enough, every time we had a teachers meeting, they they brought in uh, boxes of donuts. Of course, they teachers. did. Oh yeah, but <laughs> you said that you ran a donut shop. No, I worked in a donut. Oh, you worked shop. in one for a while. Oh, okay. All yes, right. I was. I was making the donuts myself, and and it made me sick. <laughs> yeah. You know, all right, I appreciate that. You know, there's a couple of things uh, that uh, people don't want to know. Probably one of them is, uh, you know, what goes into the donuts. Um, you don't want to know how to make sausage, you know, hot dogs. You don't want to know that. Just just go to the barbecue and enjoy. Um, but you also need to take care of yourself. That's the, that's the whole wisdom thing, right? We talk about that, you know, National Donut Day. Well, let's go out and get a dozen donuts. And then you're supposed to say, mm. what's the... Oh, yeah. Then you're supposed to say, "What's the wise thing to do?" That's a it's a it's a difficult it's difficult. That's I think in heaven there will be no calories and no problem. I'm sure there will be donuts, also coffee. All right, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I got to take a break. I see your calls, Anna and Derek and others. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Open line Friday. Call about whatever you like. And uh, maybe we're discouraged now, but uh, you know, is there a donut shop? Maybe there's a donut shop that's more healthy. Is there even such a thing? As healthy donuts, we can pretend. 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Friday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. All right, good to see you, everybody. Back to the Pastor Scott Show. Open line Friday, 888 We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Uh, Anna in, it doesn't say where you're calling from, Anna, but Anna, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, I'm from Los Angeles. Yeah, I wanted, to, I was kind of upset about uh, those people that were uh, talking about Bethel uh, and their songs and the different songs that are real popular now, you know, the Christian songs. Okay, I don't think that was on this sh- this show, but uh, you're talking no, about the, a controversy that happens sometimes with the question is if a group is putting out music that and that particular church or group is not theologically sound, should we still sing the song even if the song is pretty good? Is that what you mean? I don't see where where the song is not uh, you know uh, you know how to call it correct. Um, you know, Christian, uh, Christianly correct. But uh, the reason why I think it's because a lot of people are jealous of people that are making, you know, money on their uh, music. And uh, the reason why people like that music so much is, is there's something about uh, the music. It's very, uh, it's, it's very, uh, I don't know, I don't know why I say it, but when you when you really are close to to the Lord and you can feel it really strong, 
it's something that just you can't hardly um you don't you can't really uh well, what is your uh, you're talking about a, a couple of different things here, Anna. So you're you're are you yeah. saying that people shouldn't be complaining about the music that they're getting jealous of some people who are successful with? Yeah, I don't know why Christians are beating up Christians. That's what I'm oh, saying about about and, like church music. Yeah, it doesn't sound very you know doesn't sound right because people beating up Christians, I mean, Christians beating up Christians about their music yeah. now. Well, I understand. <laughs> yeah, Anna, I appreciate your call, Anna, on those things. You know, I think that the uh, worship wars or battles have been going on actually for hundreds of years. You can go back and read, you know, some of the same things that people say today, they were saying 400 years ago. And there's documentation about all of that. And it is a distraction. You know, you want your music, your your lyrics to reflect biblical truths for sure. A, a common thing in churches today is do you sing songs that are coming out of groups that um, might be promoting things that are not doctrinally sound, even if the song itself is doctrinally sound, right? That's a, that's a big question that a lot of people have. But it can really, the whole discussion can take you off mission. And when you're having church conflict, you got to keep the truth the truth, but there are some issues where it takes you out of the game. It's like sitting yourself on the bench all of a sudden. Um, and uh, you're you're in a situation, what I mean by that is when you're in the arena as a disciple maker, you're making disciples of other people. Your Your goal is to love people and to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. Being prepared means you know your Bible, you know who God is, you're growing in your faith, you're you're open about your struggles, the fact that you're a sinner, the fact that Jesus died for you, you know, you're humble about that. It allows you to have conversation, I think, and and relate to people when you're you're that way. When we get caught up in into a whole bunch of things that we can't resolve, uh then it's is challenging. I think it's a place for church leaders to just make a decision. Okay, we're singing this song. We're not singing that song. And then everybody needs to say, okay, because, um, you know, and if you really think it's evil or something, then that means maybe God's calling you to go somewhere else. But in the meantime, we spend so much time arguing about silly things that we don't get the actual job done. If Jesus were to come to your church and go through all of the songs that you sing and uh, pick them out, I guess you could do that. But then I think Jesus would say, now that we've wasted a few hours doing this, uh, the people that I've put placed in your relational world, they're no closer to lo- knowing Jesus. They might even be afraid to come to church if you're going to argue about these kinds of things. It's, it's complicated, but it's not new. You know, discipleship is something that every Christian is called to do in one way or another, because we all have influence, and God has placed people in your life. It's your oikos. It's, it's people that you live next to, that you go to school with, that you relate to, and you have to trust that God knows what he's doing by putting you in their life. There is something that you're supposed to do. Maybe it's just pray for them, but maybe it's take them out to coffee. Maybe there's something that you're going to discover that you have in common and you're going to become friends. And at some point they're going to say, you go to church some way? Oh, can I go with you? Or you're going to invite them. You're going to go. Um, and don't go in and say, and, and bring them into church arguments that they're not going to understand. You know, they don't, they, they probably feel like they want the music to be quality, like well done, but they probably don't care a whole lot about what type. Um, there's just a whole lot of discussion we can have about that. But focus on discipleship. It's always the best thing to do. Stay in the word so that you are, you are learning and growing, but 
but be thinking about that other person that God has placed in your life. How do you love them? How do you witness them? What if they're different than you? What if they are opposed to you in some respect? What if they don't like you? Still, you got to love them. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Derek, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Oh, hi. Um, one thing that you were talking about earlier was the uh, the taxiing the freeway and stuff. Um, in San Diego right now, uh, the bus drivers are on strike. Oh, they are? So let's say, yeah. So um, I talked to two people today that were, uh, you know, really depended on it. The one guy, he, he had to take an Uber, and it, it hurt him uh, financially. Yeah, and yeah another, much more expensive. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, if we all depend on, um, you know, if we're all sitting there depending on, you know, the the bus. In San Diego, they, they really do take a lot longer. Um, like, if you're in New York, you know, you hop on a train, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, but the you buses in San Diego, it takes hours sometimes to go somewhere. It's, it's brutal. Half a day. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I don't, I just don't see it unless we could figure out a way. And we don't have space for more trolleys or whatever because we've kind of built up everything or here at least so i mean that would help but it's just not there yeah <laughs> and it's billions so of we, dollars we and it's expensive yeah in california i think that we've created a culture where we need our cars and it's going to be yeah. very hard and but then for people who can't have a car for various reasons you have to have some kind of transportation that works and you're right you sometimes it. the bus system doesn't work um, and that forces you to move, but you may not be able to move or afford to be in the place where you need to be. Uh, since it's open line Friday, I, I was going to ask, um, if, uh, it, what do you think about, um, I wanted to do something else to try to help and support uh, the pro-life movement. Uh, what do you think about uh, like a, a cemetery for the unborn um, just to represent um, these, these beautiful souls that are in heaven now? Uh, these kids that never made it, um, I've always thought of that. And, uh, you know, if we had, if we had a few, because, you know, when you go to, to the, you get the ultrasound, you realize, oh, wow, yeah. you, you know, there's a baby here. But I was thinking even um, a different, uh, tool we could have, it's just like a cemetery somewhere. And then even when the mom's like down the road, they realize what they did, they they would have somewhere to even go and maybe grieve or something, but. It, I don't know. Am I crazy with that one? Or Well, you know, I think that drawing people's attention to the fact that there is a life that's lost is important. You know, there's a there's a statement I saw somebody make where they were talking about, we need to be about protecting the lives of kids, and we need to be about uh, guaranteeing the right to abortion. And I thought it was funny that that's in the same sentence, right? That doesn't, uh, like, yeah, you're, you're missing the work. point that the argument against abortion is about kids. But, you know, I would say yeah. that, that the place to spend your energy and time and money if you're going to do something, is go help the moms, okay, who would keep their baby if they felt like they have hope that they can pay for it, that they can raise the kid. You know, go find a really good, good – yeah, that's where I think the impact, more than just, you know, you know, a display somewhere, the impact I think that the church needs to get on board with is how do we really help moms who would choose to not to have an abortion, Right. If they felt like they could afford it, if they knew they could have care, if they knew that they had relationships that would help them. So I would I would visit. Yeah, that's, that, yeah. Man, that's that's where I think you can do the most good. And then, you know, the best thing is that there would never be a need for any cemetery or that kind of display because nobody chooses that. Yeah. Right. 
Um, so mm-hmm. I, I would focus on that. Go uh, go visit one of your uh, Christian pregnancy counseling centers. I know that uh, where you're at, there's one called CAPS, C-A-P-S. Check it out. Yeah, I'm, uh, good, I'm good friends with one of the guys who works there. Yeah, he check it out. Uh, raise some money for them. And, um, you know, maybe there's a way that you can help um, a young mom who's in a pregnancy that she wasn't um, planning for. Um, you'd be surprised how quickly women choose life when they know somebody can pay their bill, when they know they're going to have diapers, when they know that they're loved. Uh, it matters a lot. It impacts things directly. Thank you, Dick, Derek, for your call. And uh, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Scott, welcome to the Pastor Scott program. Scott, you there? Oh, hi, Pastor Scott. I thought you were trusting. Yeah, I'm Scott, too. Um, it's all confusing when we're all Scott. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scooter, only your mom or another Scott can call you Scooter. Oh, my gosh. That was def- – well, there, there was uh, – there was. I was in a class, my sixth grade class. There were only 15 people in the class, and four of us were named Scott. It was crazy. <laughs> wow. That's funny. No, I was just wondering, um, in your heart of hearts, how close to the end times do you think we are? Oh, today? wow. That's a, that's a great question. You know, in – for 2,000 years, Christians have thought it's right around the corner, right? Um, so you have to be careful with, with that. Um, what I would say is that when I look at the Scriptures and I look at what, um, if I were to try to say, how does this play out? You know, how would somebody have control over the world in deciding who gets to buy and sell, for example? Um, how is it possible that the whole world would be underneath um, one leader like the Antichrist? How is it possible that uh, the whole bunch of those things? The thing that I find interesting about the time we live in is that you can answer all of those questions. You know, it's not, right. you know, we're probably not there yet. Like, And this is, this is if you look at it from a, just a historical point of view that we're going to reach a point where everybody's, the possibility of everybody buying and selling uh, can be controlled digitally. Um, we're not there in June of 2023, but we're very close, and it's very easy to acknowledge to see a world where that's possible. So, you know, in my heart of hearts, the number one thing to do is to do what Jesus said, and it's to don't be deceived and to worry more about what the church has to do now. That there's an urgency to letting people know about Christ now, because the end times are coming eventually. Um, and whether it's coming in our lifetime or it's going to be a thousand years from now, we don't really know, but it is coming eventually. And the truth is, is for an average of 78.8 years, it's coming for all of us. Uh, we're all going to stand and meet Jesus one day, um, in a very short period of time, regardless of whenever Christ comes back. So there's an urgency to focusing on the simple things that Jesus asked us to do in making disciples. And I would focus on that, pray that he comes back, but pray that you do your job in the meantime. I've got to take a break. Uh, Thank you for your call, Scott. Uh, This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Dustin, I see your call and others. I'll get your calls when we come back. Pastor Scott Show will be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Open line Friday. 
And we'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Our final segment, call now, 888-528-2557. I'm enjoying your donut recommendations. National Donut Day, even though we were we were let know that, uh, you know, maybe it's not the most healthy thing for you. I suppose you can do it in moderation. There's some things you really can't do in moderation, you know, but there are some things I think you can. I'm going to put donuts in in that category for most people, although some, you know, some of you, you know who you are. You, you shouldn't go out and have a donut ever. That's just where you're at health-wise and you know, body-wise, whatever it is. I get that. But uh, I hope that I can stay in the, the moderation phase for a while because it's a, it's a wonderful thing. I'm quite sure we'll have donuts in heaven. They'll be, and they'll be perfect for you. 888-528-2557. Dustin, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, yeah. Hi, hi Dustin. Go ahead. Howdy. Yeah. So I don't know. We're just kind of, we always talk over here, me and my girlfriend, we we're kind of thinking like we see all of the, like the identity issues that are on the news and like all the fear mongering and stuff like that. And you never really see like any reporting on like what happens on the Gaza Strip or uh, any of like the Israel Palestine conflict. Uh huh. Yeah. So we were wondering like, why would that be like grossly underreported? And like, why are people so like skeptic of saying anything? And that's such a, it's a great question, right? But there's so many things that are not reported that are far more serious. You know, I was having, I was having a conversation and we're having a presidential election, right? And one of the things that a president actually is responsible for is foreign policy and leading our nation in our relationship with other countries, China, Russia, and in the background of all the conversations that we're having internally is obviously... Well, in China, there's also... The Uyghurs in China that are yep. being, they're kind of going through that too. You know, it's, it's something that has changed because, and if you're not aware, the Uyghurs are a Muslim group in China, but they're literally being put yep. in concentration camps in Western China. Um, yep. We know this, we're not addressing it. And it's a significant problem. It should, in the and in the past, and I think maybe only 20 years, 25 years ago, it would have been a, a maybe 30 years ago, um, it would be a major tension between our countries, and we're kind of letting it go. Um, and, you know, the, the issues in Israel are are obviously significant, I would say, even from a biblical standpoint, that eventually that, that crisis is the uh, focal point of everything in history. And even today, just about every conflict at some, some point, directly or indirectly, leads you back to that conflict. And that makes no sense unless the Bible is true. And if the... If, the scriptures are true, then it makes all the sense in the world. Um, you know, I think that we need to have reporters who are eager to report the news and not just report what gets clicks. You know, what gets clicks is when uh, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis go back and forth. Uh, what get, yeah, and what gets clicks is when President Biden says something silly or falls down or, you know, uh, what gets clicks is, you know, when people are yelling at each other about uh, various issues and it isn't that some of those things aren't important for us internally, but we need to be a, a country that is aware of a world that is um, dangerous. And when it almost seems like a lot of the social issues and everything is like for liquidity in the markets, but that also like makes me question why we're, we were spent like spending maybe like four billion per year on uh, you know supplying Israel with weapons and things like that. Well, there's probably, uh, you know, a lot of people will tell you there's a rationale for a lot of that. You know, Israel is an ally 
people, uh, you know, and there's there, you know, I would say spiritually, the reason the United States probably exists right now is to protect Israel. There is no Israel without the United uh, States. But, but one day, are we aware? I, but they do call us Gentiles in Goyim. Sure. Well, not all of them, but uh, that that doesn't mean that you know our allies tend to be democracies and people who are at least fighting um, for for freedoms. And, you know, that when we get messed up there, that's what causes us a lot of of problems. Thank you for your call, Dustin. And uh, we need to be more on the page of what's really happening. And, you know, I don't think there is a moral. I I do think that there is a moral difference. I do think there's a moral difference between uh, what's happening with Palestine and Israel. I talked to a, uh, you know, diplomat about those things one time. You know, and he was pointing out how difficult it is to deal with the Middle East crisis when one side is the Israeli side is interested in some negotiation and has historically given back land and made some concessions. But it's difficult when the concession is to a group of people that just wants to wipe you off the face of the earth. And, you know, somebody and basically what you're conceding is, OK, you're not going to you're not going to kill all of us for 20 years if we give you this land here. You know, that's really hard to negotiate with people who what they want is not just the land. They want you dead. Uh, that's the mission statement, not for every group, but for a lot of group. Um, that makes it really difficult. We can't be on the side of people who want to do that. Um, it's It just doesn't work. Uh, there's lots of other things with that story and that issue. But we're almost out of time here. 888-528-2557. A few more moments for comment. Carrie, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Um, I live in Julian. I've lived there 26, well, 28 years now. Wow. But the, be- the best donut, I don't even like donuts, but I found donuts that I love. And it's the Julian Pie Company makes apple cider donuts. Ooh. And they make ones with chocolate, with uh, butterscotch, uh, I mean maple, and uh, cinnamon sugar, and plain. And they are wonderful. I'll bet they are. The Julian Pie, Julian Pie Company is wonderful. I don't even like pie, oh, and yeah. I like to go in there and have apple pie. Oh, I, I love Julian Pie Company. Yeah, how's the weather out there? You, is the sun out? Is it getting warm? Oh, yeah, the sun's beautiful today. Did you get a lot of snow this year? Well, some, but not a lot. Not really an unusual amount. In some parts of the uh, country, we had a lot. All right, Carrie, oh, thank yeah, you. Oh, yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me about uh, the Julian uh, Pie Company. Uh, another uh, another wonderful thing that we'll probably have in heaven. Apple pie, right? Um, yeah. Unless it turns out unless it turns out to be true that Adam and Eve really did pull the apple off the tree. Like we don't really know what fruit that is, but uh, probably not the apple. Um, but I bet if it is, I bet apples aren't there. That'd be okay. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Winchell's Donuts. Somebody uh, said and. Uh, a classic Pasadena treat. Is that, are they from Pasadena? There's still some Winchells out there. I run into them once in a while. There's a lot of like sandwich places and other restaurants that used to be a Winchells. You can tell by that triangular sign with the curves on the end. See, I know too much about the whole donut business in general. And uh, you know, my favorite is the, is the glazed donut. It's hard to find a glazed donut where they put chocolate on it over the glaze. Uh, Krispy Kreme does that. Some other places do that. But a lot of places don't. You know, maybe it's like too sugary for most people. Maybe that's the reason. I don't know. When I was a kid, my favorite donut shop, we used to get donuts every Saturday. That was a Saturday thing. Dad would get up and take us to go get donuts. And there used to be a donut shop in Palmdale, Palmdale, California. That's where I'm from. It's a good place to be from. 
<clears throat> and on Palmdale Boulevard, and I'm forgetting the name, of the, it's right next to, it's not Sierra Highway, but it's on the other side of the tracks. Is that, uh, I want to say it's Division Street, but I don't think it is. I forget what it is. Um, and there used to be a Kentucky Fried Chicken across the street. There used to be a donut shop there. It was called the Donut Station. And I maybe the building was an old, you know, an old train station that's right next to this track. That's probably why it was called the Donut Station. That was my favorite place. And the chocolate that they put on top of their donuts was like fudge. I don't know. I've never been to a place that does it like that. I've done. Some, I've seen some places that like try it, but that place was amazing. And then one day they went out of business, probably after I went and moved to college. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. But beyond that, you know, the the memory of going there with my dad every Saturday morning that was great. It was like Saturday morning, guarantee we're going to get donuts. I've tried that with my kids. They're not as into the donuts as I was, which is probably a good thing. Probably a a wonderful thing, <laughs> you know thing for their later health, as has been pointed out. Not the healthiest food out there. Uh, so I've tried that. I've tried to mimic that from my dad with my kids, and they're not quite on board uh, with it the way I was. But I think, uh, of course, back then we didn't have video games. We didn't have TV, right? We had three lousy channels on the TV. And, you know, there's a lot of other things pulling for your attention today with the kids that I didn't have as a kid. But, uh, man, anytime I could go to the donut station with dad, that was a great uh, a great memory. I'm going to have to remind him. I don't even think it was my dad's favorite place. I think he liked other places, but he knew how much I liked that place. And, you know, we had plenty of donut shops, you know, all up and down uh, uh, everywhere. It's amazing. Donut shops, they must be a good business, right? Because they're everywhere. And people make, they must be making a good living. There was one where I'm pretty sure that the people uh, next to our church growing up, the same guy worked in there 24 hours a day. My dad's the pastor, so I'm at that church multiple times during the week, sometimes late at night, sometimes, and the same guy, always in there. And I asked him if he ever got a day off, and he said to me, I've already had my day off this year. And I think he meant it. Everybody, we got, I get a day off tomorrow and Sunday. I'll be back with you on Monday. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can get the podcast by going to kkla.com or wherever you get your podcast. God bless you. Have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.